Hello, hello, welcome along to the Irish Golfer Podcast. No Peter Finnan here this week as he goes off gallivanting to the United States. Ronan McNamara here thrown into the hot seat and delighted to be joined by the Jim McGuinness loving and Michael Murphy enthusiast Mark McGowan. How's the form? All the better now, Ronan. I feel like, I feel like I've walked into a classroom here to, to really as a substitute teacher and so... Yeah, it feels like the first day at school, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we're going to run wild today. Well, like one thing I hate when like I turn on one of my usual podcasts and it's, it's first things first, you're not hearing that usual voice presenting. So and then I kind of contemplate for two or three minutes where this is worth listening to and sometimes I, I might shut off. So hopefully the listeners think we're worth listening to and they stick with us. Well, I think the two of us can kick on here in, in Pete's absence. As Pete says, we'll learn from this yeah, and we'll, we'll kick learn. on. Yeah, We'll kick on. Yeah, he's uh, but in fairness to him now, he's sitting on the plane for seven, eight hours with four kids, the missus and the, in- and the mother-in-law, and after 20 minutes of getting in the air, the kids would be like, are we there yet, Daddy? Yeah, I'd say the missus and the mother-in-law are carrying most of the weight there now, though. He'll be, he'll be holed up with his iPad there watching, I don't know, uh, highlights of the Irish Open. <laughs> Hopefully not highlights of the game last night. Wouldn't want to depress himself too much. But like we had a busy a busy week. Like obviously, I was at the Irish Open for three days, but you were there yesterday. You got to see the, I suppose, all the drama and a couple of collapses as well. Yeah, it was kind of kind of a strange day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what what started off with so much hope and so much uh, optimism uh, ended up kind of nearly coming into a, turning into a funeral procession at the, the in the stretch. It was, I mean, very disappointing from an Irish point of view. That. Um, the, the way McElroy collapsed, and uh, I mean, Shane Lowry uh, had a you know had a good had a good run at it. Obviously, just just came up a little bit short. Um, so it was very disappointing from an Irish perspective that we didn't get an Irish winner because that was a tournament that was very much there to be won. Um, but overall, it was I think it was a, a really great tournament. It was a it was a great week. It was a great advertisement for advertisement for Irish golf. Uh, just unfortunately didn't get the winner we were all hoping for yeah i think before we kind of delve into you know players and such and such we have to really give a shout out to the to the k club like Ma- michael featherstone the owner paul heary gm niall malloy and all his golf team like and jerry byrne as well like six mils of rain fell in probably under an hour there yesterday and for the golf course to hold up the way it did you know really really was phenomenal like because obviously when play was suspended uh, if you were watching an RTE, you would have seen the highlights from 2016. You can see the water on the greens after the torrential rain they had there all week. But like once the rain stopped, it looked like it hadn't rained at all. The course was bone dry, it seemed. And it was really, really like a serious advertisement for Irish golf and probably the best event you're going to get on the DP World Tour. Like we went for coming up this week, flagship event. Like it has a has a lot to follow. It does, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I was so, yeah, during during the rain delay yesterday, and it was 90 minutes we were stopped for, and pretty much for the for 85 of the 90 minutes, it bucketed down. Uh, it eased off towards the end of it, but it, at its heaviest, it was as heavy a rain as, as, as I've ever seen in Ireland, really. Uh, it was just torrential. And yeah, how, how the course was, was playable so quickly so quickly afterwards is yeah as you said is testament to testament to the great groundwork that's been done there um and it was when you were out walking walking the course afterwards there was very little sign that 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 amount of rain had fallen like it was still all the walkways where the spectators were walking was still still very dry never got churned up never got mucky and boggy um and the co- like yeah the fairways the greens were all you know all I mean, they were soft, of course. I mean, you're gonna—it's gonna happen. It was soft anyway, with the, with the amount of rain we've had 
leading into this tournament. We got a couple of good days for the tournament, but I mean they weren't going to dry out. weren't going to dry out two months of rain. Um, but yeah, the course the course held up incredibly well. Um, and full full credit to the team at the K Club. Yeah, I suppose the only complaint you could have was the 99s were 450. <laughs> but uh, I think that could, you could do a podcast in itself on that one, but we'll have to leave that for another day. But um, we had plenty of Irish playing. Obviously, Shane Larry was tied for third on 1,200 par, two behind the eventual winner, Vincent Norman. Uh, Rory McIlroy was 16th on minus nine, and we all know we'll get into him in a, in a couple of minutes' time. Mark Power, thoroughly impressed on his professional debut, finishing 33rd on 700 par and picking up a lovely check for... 40,000 euro. Tom McGibbon, 39th on minus six, a solid week for him. Connor Purcell made the cut in the number on his Irish Open debut Friday night, just as the sun was going down, like he hadn't much light left. And he finished 72nd on minus one. Cora Carrington, 79th on level par. Disappointing weekend for him, but overall, it was great to see so many Irish players playing over the weekend as well. It was, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean Mark Power in particular, is, I guess, is your first, your first professional start coming after the Walker Cup, after everything that week entailed the you know the highs the lows of it um you know for him to to only find out on the monday that he was that he was going to be playing in the irish open and then to, to turn up and put in and a really a really excellent performance um i mean the tide i think it was tied 32nd you said wasn't it uh 33rd it's 33rd um tied third yeah tied for 33rd on your professional debut in a you know a high a high quality field like that, and I mean he every he looked every bit to the manor bar, and I followed, I followed him for the first part of his round yesterday, and he was actually playing along with Vincent Norman, who went on to win it, and I mean over the over the first few holes that I was that I was watching him, like Power looked this the standout player in the group. He birdied the first, he had a great shot into the second, gave himself a a good birdie look, just put just slid by. Um, you know, looked every, looked every bit the professional. Uh, now he went to he, he kind of struggled a little bit coming out after the coming out after the rain delay. Threw in a couple of bogeys, but uh, but he was he said he said afterwards, you know, that he that he he started thinking to himself. He's like, you know, I need to start thinking like a professional now. You know, this the, these okay, I'm not going to win this tournament, but I'm losing money here. So, um, so he and he. Turned turned around, had finished off with two birdies, which probably probably saved him fifteen grand, maybe. You know, it's uh like it's a pretty it's a pretty drastic change from from amateur golf, where if you're if you're well down the field, you know, two shots, one shot, it's not it doesn't really make much difference to you. But once you're playing as a professional, then every shot, every shot counts. Every shot is money. And uh, I mean, yeah, forty forty grand is your is your first week's wages. It's like, if if you were able to average that for your career, it wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's not bad. And you obviously spoke to him yesterday after his round, and I was quite impressed with the "I'm losing money here" quote because I suppose the reality of professional golf just hitting you right there and then. And he really, really did look the part, and he had a quiet confidence about him all week. Not so much a not so much a bullishness, but you could tell he was really enjoying himself. He was loose as a goose. And a few people came up to me and said he looks a bit like Jordan Speed with the under armour and the kind of the baby face and some of his mannerism on the golf course as well. But to chip in on Friday night on the 18th for an eagle as well to kind of put himself into contention. Like he's had a lot of special memories over the last eight, nine, ten days. Yeah, he, I mean, he every, he every bit looks... He looks like he's been doing it for years. I mean, he just 
as you said, he, he carries himself with a calm assuredness on the on the golf course. And I mean, he he definitely wasn't. I mean, he says, yeah, it was a, it was a good week. He would take it and everything. But having put himself into a position where I mean, it, yeah, he he played with the guy who went out and won the tournament. So I mean, it wasn't outside the realms of possibility that he could have you know been properly challenging for the challenging for the title. And he acknowledged that afterwards, and he said he was a little bit, little bit disappointed because he thought he'd put himself in a position. He was playing good enough golf. He just didn't get a few putts to drop. And I mean, he definitely wasn't just there to, to make up the numbers. You know, he was, you know, he was, he was there to play well. He was there to have a go at it. And I mean, that's a great mindset to carry into, carry into professional golf. You're, you know, every every week's an opportunity and. He's got he's got another opportunity this week co- coming up now at um, at the DP World Tour Tour School. Uh, we'll get into that later on, but um, yeah, he's he's definitely that's a hell of a professional debut. Like. Yeah, and you never know how you're going to make the transition from amateur golf to pro golf. But the best luck to him. He's had a great start. We'll leave McIlroy now for a couple of minutes because I think we'll be doing Shane Larry a disservice if we skip past him because he did come third. 12 under par, 2 behind Norman. It was a charge, a late charge, but the 72 on Saturday kind of really ended his chances, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, even after the after the round yesterday, he was, you know, he he mentioned Saturday and said the Saturday was very disappointing and Saturday was effectively where he where he lost the tournament. Uh, missed missed a couple of chances coming in on on Saturday and yeah, he was very he was very disappointed afterwards. He he got off like he played he played well yesterday. I mean it was kind of one of those weird days where it looked like nobody wanted to win the tournament. And I mean we all kind of on there at the golf course had kind of thought that Larry was out of it. And next thing he put in uh, three birdies in his four hole stretch there in the on the back nine and suddenly he was very much very much back in the tournament. Um I mean, he, he he eagled the he eagled the fourth. It was, I mean, it could 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 so easily have been an albatross. He was very very close. A great, I think he had a great four iron from two hundred and twenty nine yards, and that really like we thought that was going to be the spark to get him going. But he bogeyed. I think he he could have been bogeyed six maybe, and didn't um, didn't pick up any more shots then in the front. So I kind of thought that was his chance gone. But then yeah, those three birdies in the four hole stretch. And with nobody else really pulling away, he was very much back in it. But he, funny, he he wasn't actually aware of where he was really standing in the tournament because uh, he said afterwards that there was there weren't there weren't that many leaderboards on the course. Now this is we've we've been very um, complimentary about the K, to the K Club. Maybe that's the one thing that maybe it was lacking a little bit because I thought that myself out in the course there weren't there weren't many leaderboards out there, so you were constantly checking your phone to to see what else was going on. Um, but she, so Shane got to the six; it was on the sixteenth green before he actually saw a leaderboard and realized that um, that I think it was a thirteen under was winning it at that point, and he was shocked at that because he thought that he was a few a good few off the pace because uh, he was 11, 11 under playing sixteen. And he'd laid up. He was a long. He was a long way out. It would have taken like his absolute Sunday best to reach the green. But he was thinking about going for it. Um, but laid up, and then uh, it was a di- it was a difficult pen, a difficult pen to get close, even with a even with a wedge. Um, 
so he ended up he ended up making par there, but he but he only realised on the green that he was only two back, and if he'd have if he'd have maybe been aware of where he was, he might have taken a different option, you know. So, but it look it was it was a good week for Shane. I mean, he played he played excellent golf all week, and the couple of shots that he dropped on Saturday or that he didn't the shots that he didn't pick up on Saturday, I should say, sort of cost him in the end. And although he was he was disappointed that he didn't win because he said you know he he came here to win like a third place or a seventh place or a fifteenth place is you know there's not much difference in those. It's, prob- said, it's probably the only week of the year that he actually thinks that. Probably yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, look, he's look he's he's playing he's playing on tour enough years now. He's put in. He has so many top ten finishes, you know, across across both tours and everything. The wins are really what's going to separate, you know, what's what's going to take his career to the next level. I mean, he's this, I'm talking about somebody that's won a major championship, won a world golf championship, won the biggest event in the DP World Tour, won the Irish Open as an amateur. But you know, maybe going from like a six, seven time winner to an 10, 12 time winner is what takes him, you know, takes his career sort of like to the next level or puts him on the, that higher pedestal. So it's it was good to hear him talking that way that, you know, wins are what wins are what matters to him, not top 10s, not top 20s. Yeah, and leading into the week, obviously, there was a, not so much from the Irish media, but there was a lot of stick thrown towards him for his, his Ryder Cup inclusion ahead of Major Moran. So a lot of comparisons with that. So I think to have a good week and stand up and perform like sort of justifies his selection as well. So that that was important, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And yeah, he was he he talked about the pressure of an Irish Open anyway. That it is like there's much more intense pressure playing in an Irish Open than your average your average event week to week because of all the expectation that's heaped on him. And then yeah, he had the added pressure on of have you know being selected, he he was he was the European that w- hasn't had the best form over the last couple of weeks of the of the six Europeans that that um, that got the wild card picks. His form has probably been the the most suspect of late. Full one hundred percent would have picked him if I was Luke Donald because we all know he's a big he's a big time player and he's like the pressure pressurized systems get the get the best out of him, so. I've absolutely no worries about his pick or no um, hesitations about it, but that's that didn't go for all the world's media. And yeah, as you said, he was he was being criticised in some circles. So I, I definitely think he came out and answered a lot of those critics this week. Yeah, he absolutely did. And we're going to get on to Rory. I suppose we could spend nearly half an hour talking about Rory McIlroy and the 16th hole in the K Club, especially after what happened this week. Eagle. He hit the rocks twice then on Saturday and he had an unfortunate triple bogey on Sunday, which I suppose his already slim chances were died in a watery grave, I suppose. Yeah, by the, I guess by the time he, he reached 16, I mean, yeah, he was he was going for broke there. Um, once he hit the water the first time on 16, that was, you know, that was his tournament truly, truly over. So the fact that he went in a second time was kind of... Largely inconsequential. I mean, we we talk about for with Shane Lowry, top t- top tens, top twenties, not really mattering. For Rory, it was the same. It was win or it was win or lose yesterday. So it didn't matter whether he lost by two or whether he lost by six. 
Um, but yeah, the damage the damage was done prior to the sixteenth hole. Really, um, t- two two previous visits to the water on seven and on eleven, and both of those were bad. Were bad. Um, the fir- on seven led to a double bogey, and on eleven led it just. Um, he, he managed to get up and down afterwards, but they were they were very disappointing shots and very uncharacteristic shots. Uh, the one on the one on seven, um, I think he had a nine iron from about one hundred and sixty yards. Just he just didn't really get through it. Um, kind of hung it up a little bit, uh, pushed it a little bit right, and. Came down, caught the rocks just just short of the just short of the green, but um, bounced back into the water. Then didn't get up and down from the drop zone, and then on the eleventh, um, I think he ju- he just had a wedge. He just didn't hit it anywhere near hard enough. Came down short, spun spun off the green, back down into the water, and that was from at that at that point. Um, we all that that looked like it was tournament over for him. Now, as it happened, everybody else tried to tried to throw up on themselves coming in as well. So, in hindsight, he was still very much in the tournament after that bogey in eleven, but he probably didn't think so, and nobody nobody watching really thought so. Everybody thought that this is you know he's too far back now. Um, but it proved it turned out that he wasn't. But nobody was to know that at the time. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned there. Everyone kind of throwing it away like before the rain delay came you had McElroy, Larry, Ryan Fox, Minwoo Lee, Billy Horschel all up there and it, it just felt felt like in the as the afternoon wore on the big names never really got going after the rain delay. Yeah exactly exactly that was that was it I mean um, I think during during the rain delay when you think McElroy was one under through so one under through three in the middle of the fourth fairway, the par five with two hundred and I think he had two hundred and six yards in for his second shot, which is probably going to be an eight iron for for already maybe a seven. Um, you think this, look, this is he's tied he's tied for the lead. He's playing well. This he's going to come out now to a to a much wetter golf course. This is you know where his length is going to play. You know, being so such a bigger advantage. He thought this is just tailor made for him you know it's as, if, it's as if the gods have written the script for for Rory today and it's kind of baffling how how poorly he and all the other big names played from that point on yeah it really was and just looking at his card here he two doubles and a triple like it's and an eagle as well he went eagle double birdie on on Friday afternoon like it really was it felt like he didn't he never really had his A game but yet again he was there even on Saturday he finished too early for the crowd to kind of get into a frenzy. But as the afternoon wore on on Saturday, the leaders kept falling back and back. And all of a sudden, he was in the final group. So, like, it does raise a couple of questions towards, his, I suppose, his mental stage. Because this year, he really has struggled to get over the line, even though his consistency is remarkable. It is, yeah. I mean, if you, it's, it's kind of strange when you look back to the... To his previous, his last win at the Scottish Open, um, when you realise like how he didn't necessarily have his A game for for the whole week, but how clutch he was coming down the stretch there, and you know when you contrast that to this week, I mean obviously we're talking a different golf course, different conditions, different you know there's so many different variables in it. The co- the one constant in the, in it is 
Rory McIlroy. But the Rory McIlroy we saw was wildly different from the Rory McIlroy that played at the at the Scottish. It was it was kind of it's really hard to comprehend quite how poorly he played yesterday. Um, look, afterwards he just said he was a little bit disappointed. A couple of couple of loose shot, couple of loose shots cost him. But I think he has to be. There has to be more than just disappointment there. He has to be, like he had to be absolutely kicking himself yesterday evening. Like that's, you don't get you don't get too many chances to win your home open. I mean, Rory's been since he turned pro. He's been one of the best players in the world. I mean, he came is immediately after turning pro. Everybody could see the potential in this guy, and realistically, if we look at he's he's only really had two good opportunities to win the Irish Open. I mean, he's kind of, you know, he's he's had sort of like backdoor top tens and, and things like that, but the one in the K-Club in 2016 and yesterday, I think the only, the only two times he's really sort of been in the position where he could and should go on to win it at, a, at an Irish Open, and that's in nearly 15 years as a, 15 years as a professional and a dozen years at the very top of the game. So these chances don't come around too often and he will be absolutely kicking himself. Yeah, they don't come around too often and from what he said on Tuesday, he mightn't be around too often either. He was very non-committal at the start of the week but it really does show you that the Irish Open needs him. Like he, He's the Pied Piper, he controls things. It really is played out to his narrative every single week that he does show up. I know he... He hasn't. He hasn't really guaranteed that he's going to show up next year. But you know, who knows? Royal County Down Links Course. He played there before, hosted the tournament there, so that place holds special memories. Just going to ask you on McIlroy and Larry. Obviously, we know Larry's bitterly disappointed. You can see how much it means to. Do you think yesterday, you know, the way McIlroy finished Irish Open, National Open, he was quite excited about it on Saturday night. Do you think it hurts him? Oh yeah. I think I think it, I think absolutely. I mean the crowds the crowds that were there just huge crowds and the reception that McIlroy got when he walked onto the first tee was you know it was spine tingling like and I mean and that and that continued throughout. I mean as soon as as soon as Rory had a shot as soon as they were walking like the crowds were just there was just people screaming his name left right and center. It's I mean it couldn't it couldn't have been more contrasting the risk, like that, nobody was interested in um, Hurley Long and Jordan Smith that were playing along with him. You know, if it was kind of like like they used to say with 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 Tiger Woods when people would be playing with Tiger Woods and Tiger would hit a shot and then everybody moves on and they used to always say it was so diff so difficult or so difficult for the people playing along with Tiger because you know you're inconsequential. You know, when you're when you're hitting, everybody's looking at Tiger and everybody's talking about Tiger. And as soon as Tiger hits, everybody's gone. So it's, you you never you never get like the the quiet crowd, the still crowd, or anything. It's and that was that was what it was like yesterday. As soon as as soon as McIlroy would hit, everybody was on the move, and you know everybody was everybody was talking about it. everybody's pointing at him. Everybody's and the other the other guys may as well not have been there. So so yeah, I mean to be to be that that much the focus of attention, that much the. Yeah, I mean, it has to bitterly hurt him. It's interesting what you said about the crowds, and we, we really should um, pay our dues to them. Like, I thought the spectators there last week were just fabulous. I mean, like, we know, I think we notice it more inside the ropes. We kind of get a good feel for it. Or, like, you're seeing, you know, 
non-event groups, I suppose, is the way to describe them, getting hearty claps for hitting the shot from 160 into the middle of the green. And you're just kind of thinking, that doesn't really happen any other week. And of course, and the following for the Irish players is is second and none, like it Harrington there languishing towards the bottom of the leaderboard over the weekend, teeing off at you know 20 past seven, half seven, you know, the crack of dawn. And the crowds following were like just outrageous. Like there really is a huge graw for him and there's a graw from him and the players that goes back towards the crowd as well. Like it is a special atmosphere to be a part of. And we were obviously privileged to be inside the ropes, but it is still a surreal experience. It is, absolutely. I mean, the, there was over 40,000 there. I think it was nearly 41,000 in attendance yesterday. And, I mean, for for an average DP World Tour week, they, they just don't they don't get crowds like that. They absolutely do not get crowds like that. And when you consider that um, I was down in Drumolan Castle for the uh, KPMG Women's Irish Open last week, and the same thing, all the players were saying that, is like, we never see crowds like this week to week. Uh, on the playing on the LET and I mean it's it's testament to the golf nuts that we have in this country um the appetite that's there for for watching top class golf it's it's absolutely incredible I've I've never seen crowds like it and maybe at Port Rush in 2012 I was up there at that uh that was that was pretty special I think that sold out across all all four days but it just it's it seemed there seemed to be a lot more people in the K Club yesterday than I've than I've ever seen at a golf tournament in Ireland before and it's it's absolutely fantastic to see and it's and all the players again talked about it. They all mentioned the crowd, they all mentioned the support, they all mentioned you know, what a wonderful feeling it is to be playing in front of and such it's, big it's not crowds. it's not tokenism or anything, you can really it is sincere. You yeah, absolutely. Eyes. Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean I guess some players maybe would would sort of play lip service and kind of and would give into tokenism every now and then, but absolutely there was n- there was none of that. There was no no signs of any of that within in this week. Yeah, I think it's fair to say Irish golf has put on quite the festival over the last fortnight. And just before we wrap up on the Irish Open, my final two two pence worth on it anyway. Like just the setup overall was you know fantastic, even for spectator like it's a fantastic viewing course as well plenty of places you can stand 60 70 80 100 yards away and still have a great view like plenty of food around like loads of bars on the course great hospitality like it's a real magical atmosphere and i just thought like this this deal that they have with the dp world tour was going to come back in 2025 and 2027 i can't wait for it to get back to the k club now yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's it's a it's a venue it's an it's an area Everything, it lends itself so so well to it. Look, we we've often had this conversation about whether uh, the Irish Open should be played on links courses and everything. And I mean, there's definitely an argument for that. But when you see when you see what was put on yesterday, when you see the amount of people that that they were able to get in, get around, have all the amenities for them, like you know, it's hard to argue with that. It's hard. It's and they've got the space for it. They've got like it's 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 tailor made for that. And I mean, look, I guess it probably it was tailor made for that. <laughs> you know, that was that was the the reason why the reason why it was set up and designed that way in the first place was to have big time championship golf there. And they put on a wonderful put on a wonderful show. It was it was great. And yeah, I absolutely can't wait 
2025 and then 2027, which we're going to assume is going to be shortly before the... Obviously, we'll have to wait and see schedules and everything, but shortly before the Ryder Cup at Adair Manor, it's, I mean, it's not going to get much better than that. Like. No, no, definitely. Right, we better move on. We better move on because we ne- almost had another Irish winner on the podcast, but uh, unfortunately for Dermot McElroy, he lost out in the playoff at the Challenge de España to French amateur Martin Couvre. Uh, Andre Pravan was also in the playoff, but he got eliminated on the first hole. McElroy then bogeyed the second playoff hole and Cooper won with a par. Some final round, shoots 62 and puts himself in the playoff. Like, I know he'll obviously be disappointed, but I suppose more importantly, he came away with the, f- with the top paycheck. <laughs> yeah, big big time. It was kind of like the, the, Sh- the Shane Lowry, Robert Rock at, the, at Baltray in 2009. The, the, the amateur won, but the pro, pro walks away with the, the, big, the big prize money. Yeah, I mean, it's 30... Thirty-three thousand seven hundred and fifty was the prize money for for Dermot, and I mean that's look for guys for guys playing on the Challenge Tour, you know that's that's a lot of money, you know that's you know that that takes care of that takes care of your expenses your travel you know that covers the guts of a the guts of a year's worth of it you know it's it's a huge you know it's a huge monkey off the monkey off the back. Uh, sees him sees him climb up to fifty sixth now in the in the road to Majorca, probably like rankings. He needs you need to keep it going yeah. to kind of get in the promotion picture. But like he's after coming from the Euro Pro Tour, his status wouldn't have been too strong. So if he can finish in the in the top seventy and get himself a stronger status for next year, he can really build that that foundation, play regularly. Because for these guys, it's hard. They play maybe two three weeks in a row. And they won't play for two or three weeks, and it's hard to kind of build a rhythm and get yourself in a run of form. Yeah, and he's and he's now into the into the Challenge Tour event in Portugal this week, which he previously he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been without the without the second place finish. So, I mean, yeah, he needs to look. He he jumped he jumped up fifty two spots in the rankings. Um, look, if if he can hit a hot streak, you know, have a, have another couple of good weeks, you know, he could he could he could easily see himself pushing up in you know. To get into the season finale, or to get into the get into the top, is it top twenty five that get the uh, top get twenty, top twenty that get their deep DP World Tour cards. So look, he's got a he's got a ways to go for that. But hey, this was a big step in the right direction, and it's a great week for him. It was a big step, and we're coming into the running on the Challenge Tour. And look, the whole the whole year, you're kind of faced with conversations about what's coming behind your McElroys and your Larrys and your Powers. Like Connor Purcell made the cut there at the Irish Open on his debut and he looked extremely comfortable, said, you know, I'm well able to put it up with these guys and live with them and walk the ferries with them, hold my head up against them. Like he's 33rd now on the road to New York ahead of four events. Like this is a guy who should be pushing on getting getting that DP World Tour card. Like he can really, really push on over the next four weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, look, he had he had a good week. had a good week at, um, at the K Club. He... It was a little bit unfortunate. He was out very early yesterday morning, and there was quite a lot of quite a lot of fog when he was out. And he said he said it was quite it was quite difficult to play in play in the fog. His visi- visibility was look. It was kind of it was kind of thing they needed. They knew that there was chances of where there were going to be rain delays coming in, and they couldn't they couldn't afford to delay the morning start. Mm. You know, if if had they had they pushed it back by an hour, there's a good chance it wouldn't have the tournament wouldn't have got finished yesterday. So, unfortunately for Connor and. Um, the guys he was playing with, you know, they were sort of like on nearly sent out as <laughs> like the canaries in the coal mine kind of. Guinea pigs. Let's see how thing. you get on. Because uh, I play, I play golf 
yesterday morning at the crack of dawn at half seven or so. Um, the fog was like just ridiculous and my rangefinder was telling me I'd only six yards to the pin even though it felt like more like 182, 183. So like I was playing and I was kind of checking the Deep World Tour leaderboard thinking this thing will hardly, hardly go ahead. This, this fog is too dense to play. But no, fair play to him. He'll, you know, be a bit disappointed with his weekend, I'm sure. But like it's a big, big month or so coming up on the challenge tour now. Like these guys need to play themselves into form even not even to get their deep world tour cards, but they're all going to be going to Q school then afterwards as well. So it'd be good to see the likes of Mikhail Roy, even Caldwell, you know, Purcell, Stewie Grehan, if he can kick on, get those lads pushing up the ranks. Yeah, it's been, it's, yeah, as you, as you said, it's kind of been, a, it's been an odd year. There's, there's been no great, like, some of them have done, they've done, they've done kind of well in patches and then mm. sort of gone off, gone off the boil. Um, so yeah, we're, we've kind of really been waiting for the for somebody to really take the ball by the horns, and and Purcell is the one who's probably done it more so than the most until until yesterday when uh, when Dermot joined him, and per, and Connor was actually like was Connor was delighted to hear afterwards that he's well devastated to hear that Dermot had had lost in a playoff, but delighted to hear that he'd had a great week and that he was going to now be get into Portugal and and pick up a healthy paycheck as well. Like, no, it's important. It's important to see these guys do well because people get a it was a false sense of reality. I think it's all the glitz and glam at tour level. And I spoke to John Murphy earlier in the week and we all know what he's been through mentally taking that time off. But like it's a tough slog. Tough slog on the challenge tour and hopefully the lads can kick on now and, and keep going. Moving on to the LPGA, uh, Steph Meadow obviously didn't play last week in Drumoland. Top fifty made cut. But I suppose the story is Min Woo couldn't get it done in Kildare, but Minji Minji got it done, and there was a, quite a few um, shouts of support for Minji in the K Club there over the weekend. But she beat Charlie Hull in the playoff at Kruger City. You'd have to feel for Charlie Hull as well. Like, is she ever going to get over the line? Yeah, uh, I, I'll be honest. I didn't see a single shot of this. I was, I was way too busy uh, covering other things. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look, Minji, Minji Lee is. Uh, I mean, she's putting, she is putting her brother to shame. <laughs> she's what? She's a two-time major winner and uh was this now maybe six or seven lpga wins for like she's obviously like an absolute top tier top tier talent and yeah, per per charlie hulls yeah she's she's come she's come very close a couple of times this year she's she's been knocking on the door uh, look she 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 gives her keeps giving herself chances she'll it'll happen for her one of these days but um but yeah i mean for for Steph, it just was a week where she never really, never really got going. A couple of like, it was she was making plenty of birdies, but the bogeys, I think on, I'm not sure how many bogeys she had over the, over the four rounds, but the bogey count was quite high, and that was what cost her really. Yeah, like she's 65th in the race to CME Globe, like so she is. She's having a consolidating season, another consolidating season. Like that's two in a row. She's Becoming a real staple of the LPGA Tour. And uh, moving on, we had plenty on over the weekend as well. Golf Ireland-wise, Castle uh, won the AIG Senior Cup. Uh, Rob Moran, Irish Close Champions, had quite the few weeks. Um, they beat Nace 3-2 with a comeback win for the first time since uh, 2016. Royal Port Rush then won the AIG Senior Women's Cup for the first time in 10 years, beating County Sligo. Sorry, Mark, your, your new club. <laughs> 
uh, three and a half to one and a half. I'm sure everyone's crushing, very disappointed down there. Crushing defeat in the women's and a crushing defeat in the men's semi. Yeah, it's Rob. Actually, Rob. Rob Moore and Kim from came from. I think he was two down through two down through fifteen. Two, two down through fifteen mm. was he um, against uh, Egan Egan Brady? Wasn't it? Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. To come to come from two down there and, and went. I think he won it in the nineteenth. That that was so. I was I was keeping an eye on as I was as I was walking around the K Club. I was keeping an eye on that on the phone. But uh, yeah, crushing crushing defeat for my new my new, new club. club. Yeah, you may you may get these new clubs off Finna now and get that handicap oh, once, down. Once, once once raise I do. raise some issues, ruffle some feathers, and get yourself yes, on the do. team next year. I'm currently currently going the other the other direction with the handicap, but you never know. And Lisburn had a great win in the AIG men's Barton Shield, beating beating Carton House, who would have been heavy favourites and you know stalwarts of these competitions. While Ross Common took the AIG women's senior foursomes title, uh, both were played at Dunleary Golf Club. And the Irish men's footballers mightn't be going to the Euros anytime soon or any any major tournament anytime soon. But the European Senior Team Championships with some great success. Unfortunately, the Irish women's team came up just shy of a gold medal in Flight A, the final of the uh, European Senior Ladies teams, while the Irish men bounced back from their semi-final defeat to England by winning a bronze medal, beating Italy 4-1. We've plenty on this week as well. We've obviously Wentworth, you know, staple of the Deep World Tour flagship event. All 12 Ryder Cuppers in action. That'll be interesting to see how everyone gets on. A lot of eyes will be on uh, Ludwig Eberg and Hogard in particular, I'd imagine. There will be, yeah, and and they've all they've actually all gone out to they've all flown to to Rome. They were all flying yesterday evening. the The entire team, caddies, vice captains, cap like the full the full works. They're all going to be all going to be in Rome for practice round at Marco Simone and a dinner dinner together. And and I think Shane Shane was saying that they're all staying in the same hotel at Wentworth and everything. So there'll be there'll be plenty plenty of team get-togethers, and you'd imagine the sort of be like the team bonding that they that they talk about will be in full flow this week. Like the Luke Donald will be doing his best to get everybody all on the same page and singing off the same same hymn book or Yeah, and the USA obviously took their their trip over and they were kinda of shocked by how long the rough was. So it seems um the Europeans are really sticking the boot in there and Maybe we could see a similar test to um, Le Golf National in 2018. Yeah, that was the, the the thing. The thing I'd heard a lot of people saying was it was it's it's going to be different to Le Golf National. It's going to be different to Le Golf. But from what yeah, from the from the reports about the rough is like maybe it's not going to be too diff- too different altogether. Yeah, well, from a European point of view, I think you have to put a premium and accuracy off the tee rather than length because we know, unfortunately, the way golf's going, you can bomb at 350 and be in the rough and it's fine. So you need to really kind of put a premium on putting it in play off the tee, which which is important. And it's stuff that'll suit suit our kind of guys as well. We've good, accurate drivers in Fleetwood, you know, Mathis Patrick, Larry, of course, Hatton. Then, of course, we do have the bombers with the with the usual brigade. But uh, moving on, at the moment, Connor Stone and Brendan Lawler are currently in action at the G4D Tour at Wentworth. So that's a big event for them. Brendan, fresh off his, uh, his television duties at the, at the weekend on Sky Sports. So um, best luck to the two lads. Uh, Lauren Walsh taking along nicely in the in the pro career, ninth place in the LAT access three under. Like it's she's starting to take to this like a duck to water. I know it's not the not the highest level, but it's a good place to start and 
kind of dip your toe into professional ranks. Yeah, she's got three three starts in the on the Access Series, and I think she's got a second, an eighth, and a ninth. So top tens in all three of them. She did like a, I think she was two over the first day, maybe two over, maybe three over, um, and that was sort of like that. You know, she was always trying to recover from then. You know, just make sure you make the cut after that. And she she progressed every day. She I think she went. I think it was like she went seventy four, seventy sixty nine. I think were her three rounds. Um, so I mean, steady steady progression. But I mean, she she's coming into the Access Series very late in the season. So um, you know, the top I think it's the top five in the Access Series rankings gets LET cards. And so some of the people she's 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 now got three events played in it. Some of the people and have like a dozen events played, and you know all, all the guys at all the girls at the top of the top of the rankings there are all in the sort of into double figures and events played and everything. So she's she's extremely unlikely to to play her way into the top five there. But it's yeah, I mean it's it's a good a good sort of foray into the into the pro ranks for her. I mean obviously disappointed that she. Missed out on LPGA Q School, but I mean, hey, they're all stepping all stepping stones, and uh, this will go. This experience will go a long way to helping her progress onto the LET. Yeah, and speaking of Q School, uh, at the weekend, Paul McBride, twenty seventeen Walker Cooper for GB and I, used to rubbing shoulders with Cam Young, Will Zalatoris, and those fellas in Wake Forest. Birdied his last four holes to shoot a sixty four to come through the first stage of Q School at the weekend. Like, that's pressure. We talk, we're after talking about the, you know, trying to win an Irish Open, the pressure to just grind away and get to that next level and to birdie your last four holes. Like, fair play to him. Hope he, hope he can go well and continue. Yeah, that's, and that's incredible. I mean, look, Paul's been playing on the, playing on the Alps Tour this year. And, um, I mean, on the Alps Tour, you're not, like, on a, on a good week, you might cover your, cover your expenses for the week. Uh, on a on a bad week, you're down a lot of you're down a lot of money. So like so, um, so those guys, I mean, they deserve enormous amounts of credit for you know for the grind for continually pursuing the dream. Uh, I mean, it would be absolutely fantastic if uh, if Paul was to if Paul was to maybe to I mean, if he was to get a DP World Tour tour card, it would be outstanding. But I yeah. mean, there's a long way to go for that. So if he was even Get some get, status get cha- somewhere. Get challenged to her yeah. status would be a big step up for him. Yeah, and uh, it's that time of year now. Q schools coming thick and fast. We've plenty, plenty of big names actually playing this week, both in Sweden and Austria. We've Gavin Moynihan, Alex Maguire, Mark Power. No rest for the wicked for Maguire and Power there. Uh, J.R. Galbraith and Simon Bryan playing Q school. As is Peter O'Keefe, forty-one years of age, getting back in the saddle. I mean, well, that'd be a great fairy tale now, wouldn't it? Be, there's hope, hope for everybody if uh, if Pete could somehow somehow do it. But it, look, it's a it's a big ask for everybody. These Q, week Q school weeks are extreme. Like you know, it's a it's a war of attrition. Um, you know, it's going out and producing it for a few days in a row, which is going to determine the next twelve months of your career. It's the pressure is. Absolutely intense. People used to call it the like the longest was it the longest day in golf? Was it the on the PGA Tour Q School? Or was it like oh they used to they used to be six six round events. It was just like carnage and everything. But it was 
it's I mean, just, it's, just, it's just such a thing. tough slog. Like it really it is. is. Like as I mentioned at the start, like people think turning pro, you're gonna make loads of money and it's all gonna be you know hunky dory and happy go lucky. But like it really is at the bottom level. You just don't know where you're where you're going week to week, and just hopefully the lads can all do well and keep progressing. But I suppose we better move on to our heroes and our our villains, Mark. I've I've plenty. I've a beef to grind with the ice cream salesman this week. Well, you grind away there. You hit us four fifty for a ninety nine with no guarantee of a flake. Like not not even a sprinkle or a bit of sauce. It's a scandal. It's a scandal. But what are you expecting? What are you expecting? I'm not expecting it to be 99. <laughs> like th- those days are gone, but Jesus, three quid would be the most I pay for an ice cream these days. So I remember paying, f- it was a four pound sterling up in uh, Port Stewart, but was it 2017 that they hosted the Irish Open? That's six years ago. I was you Nordy, that was sterling. Anyway, like. Inflation, inflation out of that. I'd, I'm not surprised it was 450 now. My other villain as well is uh, Gary Lineker, who I've, don't most respect for and I love him on Twitter and everything. I think he speaks really well, but he said the final round of the Irish Open was the worst day's golf he ever saw. Would you go along with that? You were there. Was this on Twitter he said it? Yes. I want I now want to go and find that and scroll do, scroll down through the replies and see how far before somebody has shat on shat on golf or something like that. <laughs> My two heroes were Mark Power, obviously just for you know how he performed on his professional debut, but also Rory McElroy. And not for how he performed and everything, but he's a man who cares. He's a man who cares. I what he did with the with Make a Wish over the week was really, really good. Like meeting that child was fantastic. And the way he interacted with him made him feel welcome, made him feel almost part of the tournament in many ways. Like if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's on the DP World Tour website, all their socials. But um you just you can tell he's a he's a real father figure. He's grown into the role with, you know, Poppy at home and everything. But he gave an interview then to Sky Sports on Saturday and he remembered the parents' names, which I thought was just a man who, you know, that was a really nice touch, a fellow who cares and like these things can be tokenism. You're fulfilling a you know a contract by going out and meeting these children every week. He does it every week as well. But no, I thought it was a nice touch. He's like, like he's a classy guy and he gets a bad rep. And whatever you do, think from whether he's Irish or he's not Irish, whether he wants to play in the Irish Open or not, whether he's flaky, going to win a major. Like, he's a real, really, really good person. I mean, he is, yeah. <laughs> he, he is. Look, he, he's, he's one of those people we, we, can all, we all love to complain about every now and then because, look, he's been, he's, been so, he's been so successful. He's, like, it's the classic, classic Irish thing. As soon as, as, soon as somebody gets, <laughs> gets a little bit of success or we, we, sort of, we all sort of think they're starting to get too big for their boots. And in a lot of cases, that is, that is true. But, look... I think Rory is. You said. I think he. I think he is a really decent guy. He's a good. He's a good. A good person. A good human being. And that's that was proof of it. There. I mean, yeah. He didn't. He doesn't have to do that. Sure. He's. I mean, it doesn't do his PR image any any harm him doing that. But at the same time, when you watch it, he is, he is so genuine. You know? I mean, he. I think he really enjoys doing it, and I think. I think it's he's definitely not just fulfilling an obligation there. No, no, definitely not, definitely not. Right, your heroes and villains. <laughs> my hero, my hero is my hero is David Clifford. <laughs> did you did you see the three wood that Clifford hit in the in the pro am? 
outrageous. <laughs> I hear the Rory McIlroy plaque has been removed as of Monday morning. <laughs> From apparently, according to according to. Twitter. I think it was Connor Moore headed up on on Twitter. Um, from like ten or fifteen yards beyond. Back. Yeah, you can see the, you the, can see the plaque in the video as well. And he sticks a hits a three wood to to ten feet. Now, David Clifford could also be my my villain for the week because it's not fair that if, some, if somebody's that talented at getting football, <laughs> that he's also a fucking hell of a golfer. Well, he should be. He should be a villain because he missed the fourth by all accounts. So you know. Well, I'm I'm a terrible putter, so what can I say? <laughs> no, but I, I watched that video and he takes the club halfway back and I'm kind of thinking, this is an awful swing. But the release and the power of the ball. It was 20 feet now, like. oh, <laughs> What a golf shot. What a golf shot. Um, I don't know, maybe villain... Maybe Stephen Kenny, just just because you've for those of just for <laughs> those of you who are still listening, and God help you for those who have hung on. Mark has got a new copy book he nicked from the Horizon Irish hey, Open. It was a gift. He's filled one page with about four or five lines, and he just turned over there to a blank page just just out Stephen Kenny. He'd nothing written down. <laughs> like let the record show you had no villain. I had no villain. That's true. But I I covered the two of them with, with Clifford there. But you you're you're still. Are you still supporting Kenny, or are you you finally into the Kenny Out Brigade? Uh, I'm, uh, he has to go, like, but I don't hate him. Like, I'm allowed to love him and think he's great and he's a great man and everything. But I'm still, you I know, get it's the, time to go. I get the impression if 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 Stephen Kenny gets sacked, he's gonna he's gonna keep turn. He's gonna do an Enoch Burke. He's gonna keep he's gonna keep turning up at uh, turn <laughs> up at Lansdowne Road every day. Or <laughs> to go, I did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. I did my job. Yeah. Well, look, it's. I I don't want to get. I was there last night, and I'm 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 still depressed over it. And it's ah, oh, just deflating. It was deflating, and McIlroy and Larry not winning the Irish Open either kind of set the tone for for my disappointing Sunday. So uh, that's a bit of know, a bit actually, of a sour note to end things one, on as well. <laughs> one one thing one thing actually I think has been has been overlooked is the fact that it was a man called Norman that broke McIlroy's heart at the Irish Open. Yeah, after all, after all the sniping back and forth between McIlroy and Greg Norman, it's like, do you think, do you think maybe Vincent, Vincent Norman took that personally? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. Like, we'll never know. Like he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna strike a blow for Normans worldwide. Yeah, not a, not a very glowing winner for the Irish Open. Unfortunately, we had our, we had our good one with Moronk last year. But every, every now and then you get a, you get a John Catlin or a Vincent Norman. <laughs> Well, who who knows? Vincent Norman. This this time, two years time, Vincent Norman could be uh, could be lining up for a first Ryder Cup appearance. And I was talking about the the Irish Open being the the time that he really sort of sprung to prominence. So, well, he is only twenty five. In fairness to him, like he fellow yeah. who could go on and kick on. Like he's and up to seventy six in the world, second DP World Tour win. Like he is no is no slouch. Yeah, and that's and his his first win was the at the Barbasols. It was like the co sanctioned one with the PGA tour. So he's well he's that win gets him a PGA tour card, so we'd probably see very little of him in the DP <laughs> DP World Tour next year. Yeah, unfortunately. So McElroy bested by a Norman again and on that note, best luck to everyone and thanks very much for tuning in to the maybe three, four of you that are still here. The damn Norman invasion. Just see the tumble of weed now coming across the table. Mark, thank you very much for putting up with me today. Oh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. We'll it's do it again long. soon. Peter's getting the plane turned right now after the shambles of a podcast. Mm-hmm.